What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Call Her Holy. I'm Laura Eldridge. And I'm Nicoletta Bradley. And we're coming at you with another set of answering your DMs. Y'all, thanks I'm for pumped. sending them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the DMs. I know, they're so fun. Honestly, because I feel like every time we get a DM, it's the same DM from like 10 other girls. Uh-huh. And it makes me feel like we're actually making a difference. Yeah, yeah. But that's not a reason not to send your DM. Because what we do, <laughs> well, sometimes we'll be like, oh my goodness, we've gotten 10 of these. We have have to answer this yeah and sometimes you know? we'll create an episode around it or we'll do it like this yeah i love it do you have a qlu this okay week? i do <laughs> <laughs> um so my mom actually called me like a couple days ago and goes what are you doing i can't, honestly i can't remember sometime in april for like eight days and i was like uh nothing well i'm in a wedding that weekend what and she goes so growing up my mom had two best friends and those two best friends had daughters and one of the moms is turning 60. And so she rented a villa in Tuscany for 10 days and is inviting the moms and the daughters. Oh my gosh. It's actually like that movie. The Lizzie McGuire movie? No, not oh. the Lizzie <laughs> <laughs> Because the whole time I'm sitting here being like, I hope I meet Paulo no, on the people Vespa. Are, people are going to make fun of me so much for not Under knowing the, the name Tuscan of this movie. Under the Tuscan sun? Um, when in Rome, Mary Kate and Ashley. The winner takes it all. Da, 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 da. Mama Mia? Mama Mia. But that's on the coast. Tuscany is in the vineyards. Uh, so I'm literally, sorry. I'm No, but it's the mother be... and daughter thing, you know? Oh, okay. Okay. I fair. You, fair. you follow me? Okay. This is so you funny. Said, wait, you wait. said I fair. You I fair. literally <laughs> go to Mama Mia because like you're a mom and a daughter and I go to Lizzie McGuire being on the back of a Vespa with Paulo. <laughs> okay. I watched Mama Mia as a single girl. I'll have you know. <laughs> it's like not a tender I'm a mom, mom and daughter moment. I'm oh, like, let's go right to sing a little stallion <laughs> bruh okay so well, like stop roasting me <laughs> well honestly have fun i hope you hate it i'm gonna have so much more fun here this is actually our last episode of call her holy because i will find paulo in uh tuscany and you'll never see me again bye all right I'll just, we'll just move to tuscany with you that way we can keep call her holy going does call that sound chill holy under the tuscan sun yes <laughs> all about these short titles <laughs> but anyways we're not talking about my love live but we dm me if you have questions but honestly if you want to throw in some prayers about her meeting paulo i'm here for it do it oh my gosh i'm here for oh. we'll appreciate it i'm just gonna photoshop paulo and onto my best bud oh my gosh like, i met him hey <laughs> anyways that's not what we're talking about what are we talking about I today feel like, should we d- jump in with some dating ones since oh we've gosh. already gone there a little bit i so support you in this okay um since you and paulo are gonna be long distance <laughs> let me let me just jump in with this one it says uh dating tips for long distance mm, i actually have a lot to say about this all right i'm ready so you're gonna need it uh, yeah i'm gonna need <laughs> to take my own advice i did how many long distance i did two or three long distance relationships in college okay i actually love long distance okay i thrive because you get to live your life have your friends but then you talk to your man at night after being present with the people in your life yeah hot take i probably don't think i would love that as much but in college it was great yeah i don't know but i think a few tips for the girl that's doing long distance is communication that's good i think communication is the number one most important thing you can do and don't tiptoe around it if something hurts your feelings say it if you want him to call you more say it because you would rather break up for being honest then stay in a relationship longer and being timid yes 
And on that point, I will say, I think some girls are in the habit of just um, saying everything hurts their feelings. And so fair enough. there's a proverb that that calls the quarreling wife like a leaky roof. Oh, yeah, 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 I've seen that. So you just don't want, and it literally says it's better to go like sit on the roof than be with a quarreling wife or something. I'm butchering that proverb. What is it? Uh, I know what you're talking about. It's basically like go sit outside by yourself, lonely. It's better to, I don't know, get water dripped all over you than to <laughs> than to be with a quarreling wife. Like, I'm butchering it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. But um, she knows her Bible, so that's what I'm going to go look it up after this because I need to know it. But... But so don't be the girl like check yourself if you're the girl that's like every Always five seconds whining. something hurts your feelings. That's probably a you thing versus a them thing or you need to break up with them. Fair. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that is really good. And you go saying like just communicating when something hurts your feelings, communicating when you have a desire. You know, I think on the opposite end, there are girls with low self-worth who are really struggling to even say, hey, this this is something that I need, you totally. know, where it's like, hey, could you maybe potentially if you really want to call me earlier in the day, it's like, no, girl, ask him to call you earlier. Yeah, just ask him. Like, don't tip him around <laughs> it. I think there's more to say to this, too, is communicate A is number one. It's good. Number two is when you visit each other, and I think you can figure out your rhythm. Maybe that's every three weeks, every month, whatever works for your schedule best. I think, obviously, you're doing long distance, so don't expect to see each other every weekend. Yeah. But make sure you're staying in different houses when yeah. you go visit each other absolutely because that go. was a ditch that i fell into college i was like oh yeah you can just stay in my dorm with me and that is where we got into trouble if you are living with your boyfriend right now um this is your sign to stop we love you it's not best for you it's just not god's best for you. you're flirting with sin and it is not right to have to just turn off your sexual desire it, it's a lot of people say i'm just not tempted okay you're training yourself to be married and not have sex dang that's so, so good uh yeah same goes with visiting no don't stay in the hotel room together because it's cheaper it doesn't matter what it costs you follow jesus like yep. the cost that he paid for you is a, a much higher than the cost that you're going to pay for an extra hotel room dang that will preach i think that is really important and i think that's a really i love how you made that point of we make excuses it's like yeah. oh it's cheaper yeah. oh this is easier oh it's only for 24 hours we need to maximize the time we're yeah. together no you don't you need to prioritize purity and holiness and if the lord has marriage for you you'll have the rest of your life to share hotel rooms that's good this is free nothing will break a relationship more than sinning together Ooh, like sinning together good, it, it just does some damage and so when it comes to friendships when it comes to relationships long distance or not just when you're sinning together it's things are going to get messy so Dang. you can count on that that's good and another thing i want to say is make sure that even though you're doing long distance you are meeting his community and he is meeting yours oh that's good because i think it's easy so that when you're doing long distance when you finally do get the chance to visit each other you isolate because you want really mm. good time together but you need to see what does his life look like outside of your phone calls every night that's really good or it's easier to hide you know yeah it's easier for guys to put up a front and this was my story i had guys pretend to be something because they thought that's what i wanted that happened to me a lot in life and then uh you get in and you realize oh my goodness you don't actually love jesus you kind of just wanted to be that guy you thought you could be that guy maybe one day so you started pretending early on because i 
I'm I'm long distance. I dated a guy in Australia, Dang. and so that's long distance for sure. And it turns out like you you actually don't have the same lifestyle that I think I need. And so, anyways, dang, that's really good. And I think it's really important to look at when you visit him. I mean, this is not a you need to, but go check out his church with him. Yeah, that's good. See what he's involved in. Yeah, check out the people that he's friends with. Absolutely, and see how he treats people when you're with him in person. Because you can put on really good behavior for an hour and an hour and a half on the phone, but how is he interacting with your friends? How is he interacting with his friends? Yeah, and just seeing what he's involved in. I think also another tip that's free is have intentional conversations when you're together. I think a big tip is cut out physical things when you're visiting each other. Yeah, yeah. And have very strict boundaries, have people holding you accountable because it's easy when you get finally get together, it's all this pent up sexual energy that I know in college, we spent majority of our weekends just making out. Totally. We never had good conversation because we were so excited to see each other. Granted, kind of was walking with the Lord, kind of wasn't, but it was a waste of our time. And and frankly, uh, people use uh, physical things as a Band-Aid for what's actually going on. You might not even realize how physical stuff is getting in the way of you actually knowing someone's character. God has created us so uniquely and so it's so astounding how he created physical stuff to bond us together in a way that makes you forget all the bad things. Yeah. And so you need to be dating with eyes wide open and and not running to physical things because you don't even realize how that might be making you miss some of the stuff that's right in front of your eyes. Dang, that's so good. And here's the last thing I will say is that I truly believe this this is totally my opinion but i think that if you have an opportunity to do long distance with somebody before you get married to them i think it's actually really helpful before marriage because you learn how to communicate it truly truly some of the other stuff is not distracting you and you learn how to communicate now don't you don't have to put yourself in that situation just to put yourself in that situation it's not a non-negotiable like we must do long distance (laughs) i'm trying to do long distance with paula okay it's real (laughs) uh but that's that is i've seen some real health come from that and so you need to know that god is in it and there are so many obstacles to overcome in life and some of our greatest obstacles are actually God's provision for us and long distance might be your provision God's provision for your relationship or whatever other situation that you're walking through that you are really struggling to figure out it just might be God's provision for you right now dang and sometimes I mean I know so many relationships that were long distance and ended up working out but I also know a ton that didn't and just know that whether it's long distance or not the Lord is in control of that relationship yeah would you this isn't they didn't ask this but would you move before you're engaged Mm, I would not move until we were engaged. Yeah. I think because a ring symbolizes a promise. That's good. I think there's no right way to do that. I don't think there is either, though. So I think... um, I know people that have moved while they're dating and... And it works out great, yeah. And then some of them didn't. Exactly. You just have to know that you might move to that city... And you might break up that week because you guys realize this isn't it. So you just can't be putting all your stock and your hope in him. You got to make your own friends if you move there. Yep. You know. And be led by the spirit. Pray about it. Don't just go off of emotion of like, oh, he's the best. We're going to get married. You don't know that yet. Yeah. Be slow. That's really good. Oof. Wow. That's an episode. Come on. Girl. Love it. All right. Let's go to this. How do you recover from past sexual sin in a relationship? 
gosh. First off, I get it. I have a, yeah. I have a lot of, I mean, if yeah. you heard my story, that's a lot of my story. Yeah. And I feel like that is a lot of our listeners. Um, yeah. A lot of DMs around that. And the first thing I want to say is that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8. Um, you've been crucified with Christ. And basically what that means is that God doesn't look at you and see your sexual sin. He doesn't look at you and see your past. He looks at you and sees perfection. And so how do you get over your sexual past? Step one is knowing that you aren't seen for your sexual past by the king in the universe. You are That's not good. damaged goods. Yeah. You are not your past. You're you, not dirty. You're not dirty. Exactly. I love that. You are made pure when you believed in Jesus. And so that was something that I wrestled through for a long time, but mm. can confidently walk in freedom of like, my past does not define me. But That's what good. would you say to that girl? That's really good. I think it matters. Uh, do you mean in past relationships or current relationships? Because in past relationships, it's a lot less messy to heal through some of that stuff. And uh, it, sexual sin is always worth dealing with. The Bible specifically separates sexual sin from every other sin. And so, uh, yes, all sin is sin. Jesus died for all of it. Um, but there are certain sins that have bigger consequences. Yeah. So uh, some sins just have different consequences. Sexual sin has consequences that are different than a lot of other sins. And if you're in a relationship with somebody and you guys have crossed lines physically, it's going to be harder to go backwards. Yeah. And you're going to feel one of the consequences is you're going to feel less connected to that person now than you did when you guys were hooking up. And then you might start thinking, whoa, I don't know if I like this person as much. Or they might start thinking, I don't know if I like this person as much. And then you might fall back into the trap of like, well, we don't feel connected. And then we're just going to do this. Oh, this is how I know I can get his attention. This is how I know I can make him want me. Therefore, I'm just going to do this. And you are setting yourselves up for disaster. Have you ever done that in relationships? Uh, I think I had more of an approach of just carefree. I would choose a line and I'd be okay going up to it if I'd cross that line with somebody else. And that's harmful thinking as well. So I would feel like um, if this was my line, as long as I'm not crossing it, I'm okay. If I'm not going past that, it's just sin is sin y'all totally. it's just it's sin you know totally because i on the other side was 100 percent the girl who used sexual things in the order to feel intimacy or to manipulate their attraction for me mm. so i remember in high school when i knew a guy kind of was in vibing with me or i could tell it was kind of the end of the relationship yeah. i would use sexual things in order to get him invested again yeah and use that to continue the relationship yeah and then even in relationships as a more mature adult i would use that when things started to get awkward or uncomfortable and where, or where i know we needed to deal with conflict i'd be like let's just make out instead yeah and I see i just saw this negative um path of going down that and so i think there's a difference between i love what you said asking is it sexual sin that i'm healing from in a current relationship or from the past because i think those are two different things yeah totally and your relationship you guys might need to break up 100 percent because of uh sexual sin you might need to you do need to break up if you can't stop sinning together yeah if 
for whatever reason, you're just too attracted to each other or whatever it is, two things need to happen. You need to either get married or break up. And I wouldn't suggest getting married if you guys have been crossing physical boundaries together. If you're just tempted and you really want to, but you've been honoring God, just get married. Just get married. It's fine. Go to the courthouse. Yep. But if you have been crossing boundaries together and... I've sat down. I've this is heartbreaking. I've sat down with couples a week from their wedding. This has happened multiple times. Colby and I have, and said we wouldn't suggest that you guys get married. Dang. And we know what we're asking. We know that 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 is calling your mom who dropped however much money on this. We know that that is telling your people who you've invited not to travel anymore, who have bought flights. But you just don't want to start a marriage off on that foot. And if you could have waited six months to to get right with the Lord, because sexual sin is a symptom of something. It's either a symptom or a cover for something. Yeah. If you are not right with the Lord, then it's going to show up in some other ways in your life. Yeah, dang, that's so true. So I think to kind of sum that question up is how do you heal from sexual sin is first, remind yourself of what the Bible says. Yeah. Step one, remind yourself that there's no condemnation. Two, I think, once again, we always say, but bring community in. Yeah. And three, ask yourself, is this a current relationship or a past relationship? Because a past relationship goes with, man, reminding yourself what the Lord says about your sin and your past. But in a current relationship, yeah. it's navigating, okay, am I still with this person? And because if I am, we need to separate and heal individually. Yeah, totally. Oh, that's good. That's good. I feel like there's some people probably being like, well, one, they're going to know if it's a current or a past relationship they're in. But I think I think some people are probably like wondering how far they've crossed the line before it's too far or like time to break up. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So what would you say to that? I think. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think also real quick. Side note is I feel like this was probably ruffling some feathers right now. Oh, for sure. Because it's very like, wait, I'm sorry, what? I don't think that, that we are any, oh, okay, we've been struggling with purity. We're a week from our marriage. How dare you say that we need to be yeah. breaking yeah, up? So totally. I think DM us if that's frustrating. But I do think this, how far is too far? Are you okay if Jesus was sitting in the chair across from you to do what you are doing with your current boyfriend or girlfriend? It's good. If you can say yes, then by all means. But also bring community in, like we mentioned before. Because I think there's a difference between we messed up, we repented, and we moved forward. Yeah. Compared to we repented, and we messed up, we messed up, we messed up, and the line is getting farther and farther and farther. That is a question to be asking yourself. That's not repentance. Yeah. I I think here, and here's my heart in that. The guy is showing you a lot about his leadership. Sometimes we just want to ignore it. We want this strong leader, but we allow him to be passive when it comes to whatever it is. We we allow him to be complacent when it comes to sin. And so I will tell you this. I've never said to somebody, I don't think you should get married. And then when they got married, thought I was wrong. It's been this. um, Wow. We're really seeing the consequences. And and if, if anything else, I've been thinking, I wish I would have spoken up more mm-hmm. because that stuff just doesn't go away. Um, that's what I mean when it's either a symptom or a cover for something. A lot yeah. of times it's either the girl trying to manipulate to get attention. Well, you know what? That doesn't work anymore when, when it's not as exciting, you know, when when he's got you, you know, the yeah. rings on your finger. And guess what? You're, you're left with the chaos of that. Oh, and also... 
Oh, and also, sometimes it's the guy not dealing with his own issues, and then he's pursuing you physically because he's thinking, well, at least this is helping me not look at porn. Okay. Well, Whoa then, there. Well, I mean, that's truly, I've literally heard those words. No way. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, but you're not uncovering the root issue of what's actually going on. You still haven't dealt with that or even acknowledged it. And you're bringing that into into the marriage. And guess what? You're not going to be able to lead my friend if you're leading her into sin. Because where's the line going to stop? You're going to lead her into sin here. You're probably going to lead her into sin there. And then you're going to get complacent and then have sex outside of marriage if you're having sex outside of marriage. So there's just so there's there are more heart issues going on if you guys are hooking up or if you guys can't stop hooking up, you it really is worth it to put God first. It really is worth it to go to somebody and, and put yourself at their will and say, hey, I trust your counsel. Will you please help us? And Lord willing, it's a relationship that can keep working. But also, it might be better to break up for six months or to separate and, you know, totally get uncover whatever that is that's going on and actually deal with that in a healthy way because that's going to come and bite you in the butt later totally and i just want to end with this is that i loved how you pointed out the piece of community if people are constantly throwing up red flags having concerns that is a loud glaring signal to slow down a breakup because you are love drunk you have goggles on you have blinders on and you are the least trustworthy when you're in love so good that's so, so good. Oh, gosh, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're heated, Sorry y'all. to ask you like that. But it's because I care about you. We really care about you. And I, I did it. I was the girl. Our, the porch is our young adults ministry. And there were guys that I was dating where we would like hook up and then go to the porch the next day. And I, it wasn't until later, until seeing guys like Colby, that I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no clue how immature we were. I had no clue how much chaos we were inviting in and how much chaos we would have been set up for. If you're already remarried, already married, God can redeem anything. Yeah. You know, it might take more work. You might experience the consequences for that, but God can do anything. So anyways, I love it. All right, y'all moving on. What do I do if I like partying and drinking, but also want to follow Jesus? Ooh, that'll hit. This is a bunch of y'all just want to toe the lines. Yeah. Honestly, y'all be wanting, y'all be wanting the best of both worlds. <laughs> You're like, can I be wasted and still proclaim the gospel? I mean, technically, yes. Uh, but I did it. I used to do that. I would straight right. up get drunk and then share the gospel because I loved Jesus. I would be wasted and talk to the guy at the bar about the, about Jesus. Okay, so then answer that question. So I think there's a stricter accountability for somebody who knows Jesus and is walking with Jesus enough to share the gospel, and then you're still getting drunk. You're not the same as the non-believer who is getting drunk. And so for me, it's one of those biggest regrets that I have is being solid enough to know that I should share Jesus with people, but not being solid enough to know that I, I need to deal with the sin in my own life. Yeah. And scripture literally says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. And debauchery is basically reckless living. Yeah. So for example, I used to get drunk all the time. Like yeah. high school was my party scene. I dabbled with it a little bit in college. But when I look back, I would never wake up and go, man, I wish I drank more. You always regret something from the night before. And so I feel like it's like, okay, Yes, are you a Christian? Yes, are you having fun? I'm sure. But does actual good come from that? And you are walking in disobedience. And I say that not to be so annoyingly Christian, but just to say that's what the Bible says. Yeah, that's good. All these things, I feel like we've been bringing the heat today. No, I feel like we're being savage. Uh, But here's the thing. 
God loves you so much. We said that in our last Q&A in a sense of being delicate and tender with people. But there's also an element of God loves you so much and he knows what's best for you. He knows we all want to be called to higher in life. We all want to be called to more. Like nobody wants to go through life and think nobody, nobody really believes in me. You know, everyone is just kind of like, oh, I mean, that's all you've got. So just give us your best. It's just not that great. And that's fine. We all want to be called higher, higher in life. We want somebody to look at us and say, you have potential. You know, I see something in you and I want to shape it. And God is looking at you saying like, no, I believe. I believe in you. I believe in my spirit within you. You have potential as a believer. You can literally wreck shop for the kingdom. I'm just asking you to surrender your life to me right now and and trust that I, I know what's best for you. And so we're being really firm because we believe in you guys. Yeah. And being firm doesn't mean that you can't drink. Don't hear me say that you can't have a glass of wine. Yeah. You might even be able to have two. I know for me, if I have two or three glasses, I'm toast. Like I am <laughs> yeah. toasted and probably throwing up because I have stomach problems. But I think you need to navigate. There is a difference between getting drunk and having a drink. Yeah. And what are you doing? And asking yourself, what's the context that you're in? Yeah. If you're in a room full of non-believers and you are the only person that is the, per- the one that knows Jesus in that room, that might be wise to not drink. I think yeah. you need to involve wisdom and discernment into this conversation. It's not a black and white issue of can a Christian drink? Yeah. Technically, yes. But asking yourself, what's the setting? Yeah. Why am I drinking? Yeah. That's a really big one. Yeah. Why am I drinking? Is it because I'm lonely? Because I'm sad? And because there's cute guys in this room and it's going to loosen me up? That is for sure a reason to not drink. Yeah. But you are allowed to have a glass of wine if you can confidently say this is honoring to the Lord. Absolutely. The last thing I'll say, which I think really hits on this question, what you're saying is you want to party and drink and you also love Jesus. You need to find some better ways to have fun. Dang, yeah. Because that's just not all there is in life. I'll never forget going to the bars as a 21-year-old and looking at the 30-year-olds who were there like, what are you doing here? And again, this is me as the the Christian who is in the bar. I still had this wherewithal to know I'm going to grow out of this. Totally. And I'm not saying that's the right thinking, but... But genuinely, in your faith, you need to grow out of that. Like, and start now. Don't wait till you're 30. Start when you're 21 and go find other ways to have fun. Yep. That's so good because, y'all, there are way more ways to have fun than going to the bar every single night. That gets exhausting. And if you need opportunities to have fun, DM me on Instagram. I'm single. Let's go do something fun. Uh, so much fun. She'll probably travel to you wherever yeah, you are. <laughs> let's go. Want to go on a trip? Holler at your girl. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Um, let's see. What do you think about tattoos? Dude, they're, Jesus, they're fine. Have fun. Whatever. Do your thing. Jesus, Jesus has, has a, a tattoo. tattoo. I know. On his thigh. So yeah. if you want to read spicy. that, read in Revelation. I don't know what chapter it is, but he has a tattoo on his thigh when he comes yeah. back. That's the end of the story. Okay. Moving on from that one. Um, <laughs> it's a valid question. No, thanks for asking. But I think the question comes from like traditionalists, people who are super, super traditional. And Jesus didn't die so that you would be traditional. Jesus died so that you'd have a relationship with him. Mm, so there's preach. that um have those conversations lean in if it comes to this isn't honoring somebody in your life that you care to honor then maybe don't do it i don't know but yeah but other than that be free okay how do you find passion about reading god's word Ooh. i feel like this is actually one of the main questions that we get 
is yeah, about yeah. how do you read your Bible? Yeah. Why should I read my Bible? How do I get excited about reading my Bible? And I think that's a really valid question because a lot of times you can look at the Bible and it's this huge book that if you just randomly flipped open to a page, you have a lot of times no idea what you're reading. Yeah. And you're told by these mature believers like, oh, open up your Bible and your life will be changed. And you're like, great. And then you open it and you're like, that was so <laughs> like dumb. I read about a tattoo on Jesus's left thigh. What does, this have what to does do that with mean my for anxiety? me? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally and so i do want to say that i understand the struggle because i remember that i remember being yeah. told open up your bible and the lord speaks through it and you will be fine yeah i think passion starts with, with a remembering who jesus is yeah b doing it with people when you're new is really really helpful and c i always say if you want to grow in passion for your bible start in the gospels and that is matthew mark luke and john those are the first books of the new testament and why do i tell you to start there is that be that is about jesus's life and you will start to see his character clearer than any other books than those four books and i'm reading those four books specifically i recommend starting in john if you want just one yeah you get to see what jesus's ministry looked like while he was on earth you have an example of someone to follow and you start to see his character in a way that gives you passion about reading because you're going man if this is true i actually do want to open my bible every day that's good i think also passion starts with action yeah and it builds with action and if you are waiting to feel like you want to do it to do it then you're never going to feel like you want to do it if you start doing the action of getting into God's word, starting to study it, looking up resources, gotquestions.org, like we've mentioned before on this podcast, asking people in your church to help you know where to start. If you start doing that, you're going to have start having a passion for God's word. You're going to start seeing how it matters to your life. And that, yeah, start I love with that. doing it. And because it's kind of like a relationship. So, for example, if you are hanging out with a new friend, you might not have this overwhelming passion to continue to hang out with her until she actually gets to know you and you actually get to know her. Yeah, You know totally. what I mean? Because 100. it's a relationship. It's good. And so, yeah, in the beginning, it's probably a little bit awkward. You meet this girl, you're going on a coffee date, similar to like a date with a guy. It's a little uncomfy in the beginning, but you need to push through the uncomfortable until you get to know who they are. And then you start to see, oh my gosh, you're so fun. Wow, we have these similarities. Oh my gosh, I want to continue to get to know you. But if you just give up after one coffee date, of course you're not going to be friends. Of course you're not going to date the guy. Yeah. You need to treat your relationship with Jesus in the way you would treat a relationship with a friend or a girlfriend or a guy you want to date. You yeah. need to put in the time. And once you put in the time, the passion starts. If you're only trusting in your emotions you will never have a relationship with the lord because your relationship will be based on the highs and the lows yeah and if you don't feel like it you're not going to do it yeah but then if you continue to not feel like it over and over and over again you're never actually going to have a relationship with the lord that's so good nico i was journaling about that this morning because i i woke up and I'm like, okay, I'm battling a sinus infection. I'm very tired. And guess what I don't feel like doing? Opening my Bible. Yeah, I don't feel like doing anything. And, and, and even if I was, I was opening my Bible, I just didn't feel it. You know, I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing experience I've ever had. And God just gave me a word and let's charge the hill. And a lot of times that's what we want. 
And we give up if we don't get that every time, especially our generation. We are a generation who seeks an existential experience. Yeah. We seek the feels and we start putting our worship in the feeling of God rather than putting our worship in God. In the character of God. Exactly. And so uh, you worship God and let the feelings follow, but don't wait until you have the feelings to so good. care about worshiping God. You think that Laura would be in a really great marriage if every single thing that she did was based around feelings for Colby? <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. If your relationship totally. is not based off a feeling. Exactly. It's based off a time. Yeah. It's based on putting in the effort. It's based yeah. on having the conversation and being honest. God knows if you're not feeling passionate about him, you might as well be honest about it. I literally journaled it. I was like, I'm not feeling it, you know? Totally. And it's fine. God can handle that. Yep. Love that. That's a really good analogy, marriage. And it's it comes back to the same thing, like consistency. I also want to say this, Nico. This Tell was me. really Talk good that me. you talked about relationships and pushing past some of the awkwardness to continue spending time with people. Because I think a lot of what we want to do is only hang out with the people who click with us. And then that feeds this thing of if it's not easy, it must not be right. Yes. And we're, we're missing out on relationships. This is, again, a, an add-on. But we're missing out on relationships because we're not putting in the effort. And the same thing is feeding the quick and easy mentality of being with God. We're missing out on so much joy and life because you're not putting in the intentionality. Gosh, and I think that really relates to our last DM episode when we talked about jobs. Yeah. You're not going to feel like working every day. No. And just because something is hard doesn't mean that you shouldn't push through it. I mean, we've had to do that with Call Our Holy. Oh, totally. This ministry would not exist if we were being run by our passion. You know so I mean? true. Because, y'all, there are days where like, I have no passion totally. to record a podcast. Yeah. But we rely on the Lord, yeah. we take a sit, we yeah. pray about it, and we get it done. Yeah, totally. Or it's like navigating hard things. Like, it, it just is, yeah, you're exactly right. I don't even need to add to that. Never mm. mind. Mic drop. I love it. Okay, should we ask one more? Yeah, let's do the last one. Okay, let's ask this. There are no godly guys left, and I desire to be married. Why is it so bad if I just go to the bars and meet someone? Guys actually pay attention to me there. Dang. Dude, I get it. Yeah. The church world was so confusing. I remember thinking, I know how to do it at the bars. I don't know how to do it here. Or even on Hinge or a dating app. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I knew how to, in the bars, you just dress the way that you know is going to grab attention. You flirt. You the flirt. Way you, know. you look over. You know, you kind of breeze by him and act like you're about to order a drink. But you know you're not. You know you're sitting next to him waiting on him to ask you if you want a drink. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, so I get that. It's harder in the church world. What are, what are your thoughts, Nico? Man, I think that this has actually been a conversation that I've been having with a lot of my friends who are 30 and still single. Yeah. Because I think, especially in the Christian world, I would say anything outside of the Christian world, it really doesn't matter. But 30 is like grandma years in the Christian community <laughs> if you're still single. And I was having and a not con- to bash on y'all 30 year olds. Yeah, I mean, I'm There's 30. Still I'm bashing on myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's this thought of okay, I go to this wedding or I go to this bar and these men pay attention to me. They think I'm cute. They engage with me. But the second I walk into church, no one makes eye contact with me and no one asks me out on a date. I'm getting tired. You feel older. You feel discouraged. So therefore, you want to go down the route of settling. 
But my encouragement to that girl is that if you're feeling this need to settle, that is an exact example of you not trusting God's character. Yeah. I think there's a problem with this question. I think some of it, like the the top part says, I desire to be married. And then the bottom part of it says, why can't I just go to the bars? Okay, you can if you want to get attention. Like you, you talked about marriage and attention, but just decide which one you want. If you only want attention that's going to be fleeting, great. Find it in the bars. If you want a godly marriage, you're probably not going to find it in the bars. Yeah. So that's really good. And it's that reminder, true, of you can't really have both. Yeah. Because if you think that marriage is going to be based on attention, you're going to be let down. Yeah. And you also need to remind, you need to figure out what marriage actually is. Yeah. And you can probably speak to that a little bit more than I can. But if you're saying that I want marriage, but I also want attention, you don't have a biblical viewpoint of marriage. There are holes in your biblical view. Exactly. And it's what you said earlier, Nico, or what we talked about is you're looking for something else to satisfy you. I I think what you're saying is I don't want to wait. Exactly. Waiting I think is getting what comes really down hard. To is you're getting impatient. You're getting impatient, and I I completely understand. I do that. too. I'm 30. I'm with you, ladies, in this. So I'm not sitting here like one day when I'm 30 I shouldn't feel this. It was like no, I'm feeling that. Yeah, right now. yeah. And but there's a I, difference yeah. of reminding yourself who God is. Yeah. He's not withholding. He's not like oh I didn't realize you were still single. He's like no I know you're still single and that's for your good and my glory. Can you trust my timing? Yeah. Can you trust that maybe I'm protecting you? Yeah. In this season. But don't go waste your life because you're tired. Don't go waste your life in a bar because you don't trust me. Trust me that I'm pulling levers that you can't see. Like I've talked about on these episodes all the time. Yeah. I think sometimes we think we want a quick solution. We want immediate. Like we just said, there's impatience there. And we start racking up filler guys. Totally. And I think we think like, I'll just have this guy until I actually get married, until I actually find a guy who's worth marrying. But then you convince yourself this guy is worth marrying and it just gets really messy. And then you end up marrying the wrong guy. Uh, Yeah. And and this is also something too, where I think that when some guy does show us attention, we know that he's not really into us, but we're willing to take what we can get because we're so desperate for affection that we end up uh, belittling ourselves being this girl who's just a fill-in for his actual wife. And what we don't realize in that is that we're actually leading ourselves farther away from what we really want. Your actions aren't lining up with your goals. Your actions are saying, what I want is immediate now. What I want is attention Your goals are actually what I want is marriage. What I want is a godly spouse. What I want is a covenant, somebody to worship God with and to go through all the highs and lows with someone to choose me over and over and over. But you're settling for a guy who's not actually going to choose you over and over and over. You know, and a lot of times you waste your time with these filler guys that you miss out on the right guy. Yeah. Rather than just being patient. And I'm not sitting here saying that God's going to bless your patience with the husband. But also, I think going back to where we talked about this a couple episodes ago, is that if you are so desperately wanting marriage, but you're settling for the boys in the bar, I would question if marriage is an idol to you. Yeah. Because if you're willing to settle that much, it means that you have put something on a pedestal that was never meant to be on a pedestal. Yeah, that's good. Because what you really want is unconditional love. Yeah. But you're settling for cheap love. Yeah. Because you're not willing to wait. Yeah, it's cheap. 
And I'm sorry. Like, we're both sorry. I struggled really hard in singleness. And I probably had all the same thoughts. I know it's easy to think, okay, well, easy for you to say you're married and have a baby. Yeah, I struggled really, really hard. Yeah. And uh, there were moments that I woke up with my roommates one day. And it was 10 a.m. I'll never forget it. And just went into their room and said, I don't know why, but I have like a really strong urge to just go to a bar and meet a guy and flirt with him. It's 10 a.m. And that's what I want to do. And I had the system in place, the people around me to remind me that's not, you know, you're worth more than that. You you have a future and that's not going to help you get there. (laughs) You know, that's going to set you back. And, and also it's just not God's best for you. And And so, and I love how you said that you're worth more than that. And I think that's how I want to wrap up this question is reminding the girl that so desperately wants marriage, but is thinking about going to the bar. You're worth more than that. You just are. And God sees you. Yeah. He loves you. Yeah. He's intentional in his timing. He's pulling leverage. You can't see, but man, to the girl who wants to be married, tell the Lord that. That's good. You know what I mean? And as a bonus, the godly guys aren't looking for a girl who's compromising at the bar. They don't want a girl who's thinking, hey, she doesn't know what she's worth and she just is settling to go get attention. Yeah. They're looking for a a girl who says, this is really hard and uh, I'm committed to Jesus first and foremost. Mm, I love uh, that. We love you guys. We love you guys. So follow, much. Holy, follow us on social media. Follow us on Instagram. DM us more questions. We're really excited about this. Um, we love hearing your hearts. We love hearing what you're going through. And once again, if you want to help us financially, we have a Venmo account and it is at Call Her Holy. And truly, we just keep promoting this and saying this because we want this mission to go farther. We want to answer more girls DMs. This money is goes 100% back into Caller Holy. It goes into equipment that allows better uh, product, better cameras, better lighting, all the things. But overall, we are just thankful for you. We are thankful that you are on our team. And y'all, we will talk to you soon.